have some movies you'd like us to review? Tell us! Send us an email at driveinmovieshr at gmail.com. Or slide into our DMs on Instagram and Twitter at drivemoviespod or on Facebook at Hogan and Rudy. Let us know what to watch next. And now, on with the show. Ho, ho, ho! It is officially Christmas matchup season with uh, Drive-In Movies with Hogan and Rudy. We are kicking off the holidays... I guess we already kicked out the holidays uh, last month, but we're continuing <laughs> kicking off the holidays with our Christmas pairings. And this, is this episode officially our one year? I think it is, episode 52. 52. Wow. We made it. So, a very special episode with a very special pairing. Uh, we have a Christmas matchup of Die Hard, aka the greatest Christmas movie ever made, going up against Lethal Weapon, another great Christmas movie. So let's get into the details here, starting with Die Hard. That is from what year? 1988. 1988. Nakatomi Christmas Party, 1988. That is directed by John McTiernan. It is written by Jeb Stewart and Stephen D'Souza, and it's based on a novel by Roderick Thorpe. I didn't know it was a novel beforehand. I did not either. Learned something new every day. Uh, that stars good old Bruce Willis as John McClane, Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber, Bonnie Bedelia as Holly Gennaro McClane, and Reginald Val Johnson as Sergeant Al Powell. Uh, that is going up against Lethal Weapon from what year? 1987. Yeah, one year before. That is directed by Richard Donner, written by Shane Black. That stars Mel Gibson as Martin Riggs, Danny Glover as Roger Murtaugh, Gary Busey as Joshua, Mitchell Ryan as The General, and Tom Atkins as Michael Hunsacker. I will turn it over to you to go over what these two movies are about. Yeah, we'll start with Die Hard, which is about John McClane, who's played by Bruce Willis. He flies from New York to California to visit his wife and family on Christmas Eve. They get into it a little bit. They're having some marital issues because she's out in California and he's a New York cop. Uh, but he goes to visit, and it's their company Christmas party in Nakatomi Plaza. But then... A German group of terrorists come into Nakatomi Plaza and take control of the building. Bruce Willis needs to save the day. Without any shoes. Yeah, with, with no shoes. Which <laughs> we'll get to that glass scene. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Lethal Weapon, uh, which is about two policemen who have different personalities. One's a little crazier than the other. One's more of a family man. But they get looped together into a mission to stop a drug cartel and it all takes place at christmas both of these yep so <laughs> that's why they're christmas movies <laughs> very lighthearted. 
family friendly. <laughs> you know, just everything about a Christmas movie. Santa. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Santa's not in either of these movies. And don't take your kids to see these. They're a little rough. Especially not Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon's a little... Die Hard is just kind of violent, and there's some language. Lethal Weapon's a, a bit more heavier themes. For sure. But let's talk about some of the writing in these two. What did you think? Yeah, these are... So, Lethal Weapon has a lot more to it mm-hmm. than Die Hard. So you're going, there's a lot, you have going to different areas. There's a lot more to the story, but Die Hard, I don't know. I feel like it's written better, even though you're doing less and you're in the same building the whole movie. Mm -hmm. I feel like it grabbed my attention way more than Lethal Weapon did. Because it, it, while it's not as intricate of a story as Lethal Weapon and, you know, it is in the building the entirety of the movie it kind of takes place in real time. So you can kind of follow along with it. It's not quite as involved as lethal weapon, like lethal weapon. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And I feel like at some parts of that movie, if you're not paying attention, you're like, what are they doing? Like, what's the goal of this movie? Like, what exactly (laughs) are they trying to figure out here? Whereas Die Hard, I, I don't feel like there's any part in that movie where, you feel lost or you feel like you don't know what's going on or you feel like you aren't quite sure where the, the story is going to go next. But at the same time, like, I don't know. It just feels so natural. It feels well paced. The story and the way that the writing handles the characters in that situation. I feel like it, I don't know. It all just seems, while some of it seems a little, you know, over-the-top action, whatnot. It seems kind of uh, realistic. I don't know. John McClane is probably not a realistic character. (laughs) But, like, for that type of scenario, there's nothing in that movie where you're watching it and you're going, oh, my gosh, this is so so insane or, like, so over-the-top. Like, everything is calculated and... The things that the characters do, you're like, yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. The dialogue is something else I noticed. That there was a difference. Both of them had their cheesy moments. Yeah. But I laughed at diehards. Any, usually anything that Bruce Willis was saying, mm-hmm. I was laughing at. Just because he's such a calm, calm person. Especially yeah. when he's talking to Hans Gruber. It's very, very calm. And I'm sure I'll get more into that in characters good old roy yeah but lethal weapon it's not as funny as and it's not trying to be it's not a comedy or anything but i think i enjoyed that aspect of the i don't know the dialogue i think uh and this may be more characters but i think there's more enjoyment watching the banter and the kind of back and forth between john mcclain and hans gruber Oh yeah, then you get with. I mean, I like the the back and forth between um, Riggs and Murtog, uh, the two cops. You don't really get that same kind of fun, like kind of like a cat and mouse kind of feeling between the two. Oh yeah. So that, I think that kind of helps 
the writing in Die Hard because you like seeing these two characters kind of go at it against each other. Whereas Lethal Weapon, you liked seeing Riggs and Murtaugh go through the case together, but uh, you don't care about... At least I didn't really care about the villain or <laughs> what was necessarily going to happen at the end. No, I was mainly interested in their back and forth banter. Yeah. And watching them in shootouts and solve cases. and mm-hmm. But yeah, as for the main story, I didn't really care about, which is bad. Yeah. For... <laughs> it's not bad. It's not a bad story. No, it's no. It's just when you're comparing it to Die Hard, Die Hard just seems more well put together. It seems a little bit more tight of a story. And it's just, I don't know, it's, it's longer. It's like two hours and... 15 minutes or something like that yeah i think it's just over Mm -hmm. but it it flies by it it really does you're giving your point to die hard of course heck yeah yeah. me too let's talk about the characters even though i already kind i kind of (laughs) already went a little ahead of myself with the characters uh what did you think of the characters in these movies oh boy so john mcclain in die hard he is so sly and calm and it it works perfect because alan rickman as hans gruber might be one of my favorite villains oh yeah in any of these movies just because he's almost the same as john mcclain Mm -hmm. like they're both very relaxed this whole time and like you said it's like that cat and mouse and they're almost they're like exactly like each other it's so fun to watch Mm -hmm. but i i didn't realize until this time watching it how much i liked alan rickman Oh, yeah. Playing Hans Gruber. Oh, my gosh. I could just listen to him talk <laughs> all day. He's a villain, almost like in Glorious Bastards, where you, yeah. mm-hmm. you love to see this villain on here. He's not a nice guy, but I need more of him. I, I want to see him on screen. Right? <laughs> you asked for a miracle. I give you the F-B-I. <laughs> What a cool guy. Uh, Oh, yeah. I I think that's one of the biggest things about Die Hard, kind of piggybacking off of what I already talked about, is just those two character dynamics of John McClane and Hans Gruber really just make that movie so entertaining to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hans Gruber has a bunch of henchmen with him. They're just kind of there. None of the other... Yeah, none (laughs) of the other... uh, terrorists or or, or thieves are very personable like Hans Gruber is and then John McClane you have his personality which is entertaining to watch because he doesn't he doesn't really want to be there but at the same time he's kind of he's got that New York cop mentality of like I gotta do something about this I can't just stand by and Mm -hmm. and let this happen so that's where you kind of get his like cynicism humor where uh, he'll make like snarky jokes here and there because he doesn't he, you know he doesn't really want to he doesn't really want to be there he wants to see his wife and he wants to try to make amends but he was not expecting to have to deal with this uh, <laughs> to be crawling through vents and crawling, yeah jumping did, out windows he did not expect to know what a tv dinner feels like <laughs> i know what a tv that's the the stuff that i loved in that movie <laughs> just the random lines 
Oh, yeah. And then, you know, I also like his banter between him and Sergeant Al Powell. Yes. Just the mm-hmm. radio communication. And you could kind of see like a buddy cop forming there, but they're not with each other. You know, they've never met each other and it's just mm-hmm. their radio, radio communications back and forth. And they're so entertaining and they're so well written that you don't need you don't need them to be together and, and cracking jokes together and kind of going through this. Just the just the radio communication kind of adds a, a new flavor to that kind of trope. You have other characters in there. You have Holly Gennaro, who is just kind of more of a hostage majority mm-hmm. of the movie. She she has some cool moments in it, but she's kind of sidelined um, pretty early on. Uh, you have that kind of um, sleazy business guy, Ellis. Ugh, hated him. Yeah, but you kind of like, he kind of worked in helping the movie not drag on. Like his that whole scene, his segment kind of helped progress the story along to a part sure. where you're like, okay, like this is this is interesting. They're not just, you know, sitting around waiting for John McClane to show up, and then John <laughs> McClane is going to show up, and then he's going to walk away, and then they're just sitting around waiting for him. You know, like it it starts to kind of teeter on that back and forth where it's like, okay, where are we going with this? Yeah, and then his character storyline, whatever, kind of adds a little bit of a twists and you're like oh this this okay. could go somewhere i still hated him but i see oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think he was written to be hated on the opposite side you have lethal weapon and i actually really like i mean i already kind of talked about it. i actually really like the dynamic between Riggs and murtog and i know this might strike a chord with you because i know that you're a big fan of rush hour but Lethal Weapon might be my favorite buddy cop film. Like, I think it might be the best buddy cop duo. Mm. <laughs> Rudy's mm-hmm. got steam coming out of his ears. <laughs> How dare you say that? Hyperventilating over here. How dare you? <laughs> no, they're they're pretty fun to watch. I just think their characters are so different. Because you have Mel Gibson as Martin Riggs, who is like a a suicidal cop because he lost his wife. Kind of like a John Wick. That's um, exactly what I was going to say. Kind of like a John like, Wick. Because sometimes he just goes nuts and he's like, I can't wait to kill every single one of you. And yep. I'm like, oh, that kind of sounds like John Wick. Yeah. And I, I believe him. I think he is going to do this. Oh, yeah. Like, he just has no remorse. He doesn't really care anymore. And you pair that up with Danny Glover, who's kind of an older cop. He's been on the force forever. He's more by the books. And just those two being put together on a case like immediately they're butting heads and they're like "Ooh, this is this is gonna not work out well <laughs> but you get to see the relationship grow and kind of how they play off of each other and i think a lot of the jokes in that aspect are pretty good and, and are written pretty well the only thing with the characters that i'll say that i've kind of already mentioned is the bad guys kind of lame, lame. yeah, yeah. Um, you have Gary Busey as like the, the muscles, but even, even he as a character, I mean, is not even in the shadow of, of Hans Gruber. It's no point break, Gary Busey. No, yeah, it's no point. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah, I was not impressed with yeah, his character. 
And I think uh, watching the two movies, I really liked the back and forth between Riggs and Murtaugh where I was like, I think, I think this one might win in characters, but I can't, I can't do it. No, John, John McClane, away from Hans. John McClane and Hans Gruber are way more entertaining to watch long term. Yeah. It was just so fun to watch those two go at it. Die hard. Gets the point again. Yep. Let's talk about music. What did you think about the music in these two? They both have Christmas music in it. <laughs> yeah. I think they both open with a Christmas song. They do. And close uh-huh. with a Christmas song. Of course. How, how else would you end and start or start an ending Christmas movie? Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. So if anyone says neither of these are Christmas movies, you're beat right, right there. Yeah. But for like actual music during the film, Die Hard, I feel like had a lot of suspense music. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know if I could name, if you played a song, I don't think I could name it. Mm-mm. And then Lethal Weapon, there was a lot of saxophone. Yes, there was. <laughs> he, like 80s. Oh. Smooth. Total. Yeah. <laughs> total 80s soundtrack. Like smooth jazz, like Kenny G did the soundtrack for like Yeah, exactly. Which, uh, I think it works just fine mm-hmm. for the movie. But my personal taste, I don't care for that kind of stuff. Wow. I'm sorry to any about, Kenny G lovers. I never knew that about you, Rudy. That's, uh, that's some harsh words. Oh, shoot. We're just attacking each other. Rush hour and Rudy's Kenny like, that's, G. That's for the rush hour comment. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Rudy's resigning from the podcast after this episode. Yeah. I can't work with someone who disrespects Rush Hour. Maybe like that's that. what I'll pick for the last week. <laughs> Rush Hour 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, we'll do a triple feature. <laughs> Happy New Year. Maybe 4 if they ever make it. I <laughs> like the cheesy Kenny G uh saxophone in in lethal weapon and i think i think it stood out a little bit more than it did in die hard good or bad and i think it kind of gave it it kind of gave it that almost like a noir kind of feel to lethal weapon it did mm-hmm. um which worked with their kind of mystery i wouldn't consider lethal weapon a noir film but it kind of the music kind of adds to the mystery and suspense of the case that they're pursuing yeah not that it's really worth it at the end of the day like i feel like the mystery <laughs> once you find out what's happening you're like oh okay like not not really much of a realization i guess but maybe that's just because of us as the viewer getting more information than the than the cops uh but going back to the music <laughs> i would give it a lethal weapon taking one away from die hard just because it was more noticeable i think it worked for the movie i liked the saxophone um i like the 80s kind of feel it it just makes a movie entertaining to watch nowadays it, like gives you that like nostalgic feel where you're like ooh, this is this is an 80s movie i like it <laughs> whereas die hard also kind of had a a, a typical 80s action soundtrack but i mean thinking about it it could have been it could have been time cop it could have been predator it could have been Mm -hmm. any of those action movies that we've talked about beforehand 
kind of the same same soundtrack feel to those yeah even though i wasn't a fan of the saxophone i would give my point to lethal weapon just because yeah it it worked for the movie it has a nice unique feel to it like if i heard that i'd be like it's like a kenny g concert or <laughs> or is that lethal <laughs> weapon yeah yeah <laughs> rudy's gonna be listening to the jazz station on the radio lethal weapon yeah all right so now we got moving right along we got some somewhat of a competition now yeah what do you think about the tech i think this is something else that i might be leaning towards lethal weapon so die hard i don't know why it felt very orange to me the whole Mm-hmm. like cinematography yeah whatever color palette they used was different which it's fine it didn't take away from the movie at all mm-hmm. it just looks different lethal weapon i think was a little brighter pops a little more yeah things stood out so i think that caught my eye more than die hard all right die hard i like uh a couple of the shots one of my favorite shots, and and they have like pictures and artwork on it, is when he's swinging down the building, and he's got his like bloody Ugh. feet up against the window. And he's like trying to trying to break the window. That shot's pretty cool. I, I love the shot of Hans Gruber at the end. That's that's a classic shot. Fun fact is they, I think they told him that they were going to count to three before releasing him and they actually like let him go on one oh shoot so that he Tricky. actually so that he actually had like a look of fear oh jeez, like a genuine look of fear <laughs> i did see a picture of someone that imposed paddington bear with john mcclain as he's looking down <laughs> at hans gruber on that scene <laughs> why so, just because it looks yeah it looks hilarious i'll have to look it up <laughs> I love me some Paddington. I did like a couple shots in Lethal Weapon. I liked um, the desert scene where you see like the bad guys entourage pulling up, but you kind of see it through like a heat wave. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like a little distorted. That that shot was pretty cool. Neither one are really like artistic or go above and beyond in like the cinematography or anything like that. Uh, the only thing that, again... I feel like it always comes down to this for me in tech is the editing. Yeah. And I think the editing just flowed smoother in Die Hard because you have you have it going between John McClane and what he's doing in the building, cutting back to the um, terrorists and Hans Gruber, and then you have kind of a cut to what's happening on the ground too with the, the police officers and then um, Sar- Sergeant Al Powell and like the LA police department trying to like negotiate and then you get the FBI coming in. So it kind of, it, it cuts between all of these different characters, but at times where it's flowing right along and you, you don't lose sight of what everyone else is doing. Like you always, you always know what John McClane's doing. You always know what the terrorists are doing and you always know what the people on the ground are doing. So I thought that was kind of a nice way to edit all these characters together where you're not like forgetting about it, where you're, 
you're watching John McClane for like an hour and a half and then you go, wait, wh- what are the police doing? Like, where is yeah. the police, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, they edit it well enough where you're like, oh, okay, this is this is what they're working on. This is their next plan. Uh, this is what Hans Gruber is planning to do with, yeah, you know, their takeover of the building and everything like that. So that's the only one up I would give it over Lethal Weapon was I just think that they were able to piece the movie together smoothly to incorporate different characters and different storylines within the same time frame, I guess. Yeah, and that'd be hard to do with. That's three different sections going on. Mm-hmm. Never getting lost either. And it's all real time, so you know, you, you don't have any of these big time jumps. Like you are you are in the moment and you're following to the very end. Like you're not you're not skipping ahead, you're not bouncing around. You're just going straight through with what's happening. Yeah, and I think that's something that Lethal Weapon did okay on. Mm-hmm. But there were points where if you looked away or lost focus, you were like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. So it's a tough one for me. I will give it to Die Hard uh, in tech just because of that reason. And I think I'm going to go with you. I'm going to give it to Die Hard as well. The did, editing got me. Did I sway you? You swayed me with the editing. I do think Lethal Weapon looks cleaner. Oh, yeah, for sure. But the editing and the way the movie feels is more smooth. For sure. It's funny because I, I kind of mentioned it in music how Die Hard is kind of comparable to Predator. So John McTiernan, the the director, also directed Predator. And kind oh. of kind of thinking about what you said with the, the color schemes... It's kind of like Predator 2. Like, Predator kind of feels, like, gritty watching it. Yeah. And Die Hard kind of felt felt gritty, too. So, but it shouldn't have felt gritty. Like, Predator I get because it's in the jungle and whatnot. <laughs> Die Hard, Die Hard's not. So, it should have been a little cleaner. But, oh, well. All right. Three points for Die Hard. One point for Lethal Weapon. Going into the final category, which movie did you enjoy more? I could watch Die Hard every day. So good. It's two hours, but it does not feel like two hours. I will certainly be watching it more times throughout December to get my fix of Hans Gruber and John McClane. It's it's funny because I always say that it's the greatest Christmas movie, and I, I firmly believe that. But, like, enough time goes by and enough people, like, try to argue that where... I start to think like, is it really the greatest Christmas movie, or am I am I just being stubborn? Am I just <laughs> you know, am I just being kind of a an an a hole in in saying that this is a Christmas movie? And then I watch it, and I'm like, no, this is the greatest Christmas movie. Like this movie is awesome to watch. It has pretty pretty heavy Christmas themes, and I look forward to watching it every Christmas season. And you can watch it. You can watch it anytime. I mean, it it's not limited to just Christmas because you could make the argument it's not a Christmas movie. I don't believe you if you say that, but <laughs> it's just a really, really entertaining film. And I actually plan on watching it probably a couple more times before mm-hmm. this Christmas season is over. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. Not to discredit Lethal Weapon because I also want to give it praise, too, because I do like Lethal Weapon. I think it has a lot of high points in that film. I think it does have a lot of enjoyability in watching it. Um, mainly on the on the things that we have already discussed, 
the back and forth between Riggs and Murtaugh. I like the music. It's not great. I mean, it's not anything that like, ooh, you need to watch Lethal Weapon for the music. It just kind of <laughs> it just kind of works for it. Um, the story's all right. Uh, it's just it's it's an entertaining movie. I think that one's maybe a little bit short of two hours. Yeah, like an hour fifty. Yeah, like that. it feels a little bit longer than Die Hard. Like it felt like it was dragging on a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Mainly towards the end. That last fight scene is kind of I don't know why it seems like it takes forever. It, yes. Like I'm like okay I don't I don't know what Just the point of this is already. Like, <laughs> like I don't I don't see why this is necessary. But the rest of the movie I do enjoy. I do think that this one is also a good Christmas movie to watch. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if you're looking for not like a typical holly jolly Santa Claus Christmas movie. Um, but you still want to watch a, a an entertaining movie that has something to do with Christmas. Lethal Weapon is definitely a a fun one to watch. It just They've... it it, it can't com- compete with Die Hard. It's too hard. It cannot even with all the shootouts in the uh, or I guess the one shootout at the Christmas tree. Yeah, park, yeah, farm, whatever Christmas you call tree. it. Yeah, <laughs> where they're busting drug dealers. Merry Family Christmas. friendly. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one's got a drug theme. It's got suicide theme. Nudity. Yeah, it's got a um, adult film undertone theme and like prostitution and it's got a lot of like it's like Grand Theft Auto adjacent. Like <laughs> Christmas all, edition. All of the themes. <laughs> all of the themes in Grand Theft Auto tend to be in in Lethal Weapon. With Christmas slapped uh, right on top of it. <laughs> with a nice bow. What do we have next week? Uh, next week, yes. Um, I actually forgot what next week it was already. I gotta. Uh, uh, me too. Um, next week is Elf versus Fred Claus. So going, going more into traditional Christmas, kind of more comedic, family friendly Christmas films. Uh, the week after that, we are doing Christmas Chronicles and 8-Bit Christmas, which just Ooh. came out this year. Again, with the new movies, we're bringing it right to you. Yep. You heard it here first, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we're bringing it to you, too. We're, we're coming right in. <laughs> trying, to, trying to get these, uh, these modern movies in here as well, so no, we're not always talking about the oldie but goodies. Speaking of oldie but goodies, we are going way, <laughs> way back in time to some classics. Right after that, uh, with "It's a Wonderful Life" and "The Bishop's Wife," so two black and white classic Christmas films. Love it. And then you get to pick the very last matchup of the year. I haven't picked yet. As my gift to you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm honored. I, yeah, I know you. That's really what you wanted this Christmas was to pick another pairing. It's going to be rush hour. Play. 
please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.